Hi there, are you fed up with your wine belly? Embarrassed about your booze boobs? Sick of waking up with a hangover? And tired of never reaching your potential? Welcome to Sober Sassy Life, the podcast for women who are looking for more out of life than the evening rendezvous with the Chardonnay. Let's banish the wine witch for good. Here's your host, Jackie Elliott. And welcome to the Sober Sassy Life podcast. Well, over the weekend, I wrote a blog called Thinking Outside the Box. And I mentioned that if we all manage to get out of this box that tells us that alcohol is fun and harmless, among the very excellent side effects would be the substantial reduction in drug driving rates and the ripples of devastation that drinking while under the influence causes. So today I had a very up close reminder of how drunk driving can potentially destroy a life and and lives. A person quite close to us was caught drinking and driving. I don't know all the details, but I imagine that a very responsible person called it in after seeing him drunk while probably purchasing some more booze. And sure enough, a couple of police cruisers caught up with him and off to the police station he went. Thank God that one of the consequences of this was not that anybody was harmed. And that's a first consideration. But after that, it's probable that this person has lost his job. The stress on his family, the strain on his marriage, his finances and his future are all because of a stupid decision to get into the car after he'd been drinking. So how does this happen? I mean, after all, it's pretty clear that we're not supposed to drink and drive. Governments and charities spend millions of dollars on commercials and campaigns to warn us about the dangers if we were in any doubt whatsoever about what they were and the consequences of drunk driving. And for some people, they do have a desired effect. Most pub owners will tell you that their business has dropped off. People don't habitually drink and drive like they used to. They stay at home and drink now. Lots of people, if they're going out, plan ahead and they pick a designated driver. And if you're like me, one of the token non-drinking people in the crowd, it's funny how popular you suddenly become. And pretty strange that all that teasing about being boring suddenly stops when people need your sobriety. So how does it happen? Why do people drive drunk? Are they just assholes? And what can we do to stop it? So to answer the first question, yeah, some people are just assholes, but most really are not. Most people, when sober, would agree that drinking and driving is really stupid and wouldn't dream of doing it. But the trouble is that once people have had a drink or two, Rational, sensible thinking gives way to drunken, magical thinking. And that's the nature of the drug. Once it's got its hooks into those neurotransmitters, thinking isn't rational at all. We miscalculate how much we've had to drink. Oh, I've just had a small glass. I'm fine. I drink much more at home. And these little glasses at the pub are much smaller than the ones I usually pour. Our sensible filter is completely off and we're far more susceptible to suggestions. Oh, just go on. Have a small one more. You're fine. So we do things when we've been drinking and say things that we would never do while we're sober. And that includes driving. That is just the nature 
of alcohol and the effect that it has on us. And I don't know the statistics, but it's a sure bet that the current levels of drinking under the influence, i.e. all those who've got caught, do not begin to reflect the actual real levels of drunk driving, all those of us who took a chance and got away with it. And if we contemplate all those times that we've got out of bed in the morning and got in the car after, you know, the night before when we're feeling really, really terrible. I mean, that must be one of the times when we're, we're driving under the influence still, too. So what on earth do we do? Well, until the world wakes up from its collective hangover, I'm assuming that alcohol is here to stay. So here are a couple of my suggestions. First of all, zero tolerance. Don't give confusing limits on how much you can drink before you're over the limit. Just make it zero. If you drink, it's illegal to drive. I have no idea how much I could drink before I am legally over the limit, but I'm guessing that it's a lot less than my 300 pound six foot husband. I'm guessing that it's a lot less than uh, now if I had a drink than a year ago when I was drinking regularly. But if it's one six ounce of glass or one nine ounce glass of wine, I don't know. And there are so many variables. If you've eaten the period of time before you get into the car, if I don't know, if you're hormonal, all of those things have an effect on the way that alcohol metabolizes in your body. No one knows for certain after they've had a drink, whether they are under or over the limit. No one knows. So just make it zero at a federal level across the board. At the moment, we're in this ridiculous situation in British Columbia where our provincial law is different from our federal law. So how on earth can police charge people when they are, we don't know what they're charging, what limits they're charging them for, how much time and effort and taxpayers' money is caught up in people trying to challenge their charge with either the provincial or federal law, whichever way around that is. And let's face it, with just one drink, even if you're way under the limit, there is an effect on the brain. If you were in an accident that hurt yourself or somebody else and you had been drinking, it doesn't matter if you're legally under the limit. It doesn't matter that you are technically on the side of the law. Morally, you've done something that puts yourself and others at danger, at risk. So surely our laws should reflect that. Zero tolerance. And secondly, and this is a bit more radical, if that wasn't radical enough, if we have cars that can now start with a remote control or a start button, or if we can fit cameras and computers that detect obstacles, why can't we have all cars fitted, every car, with a breathalyzer that means it won't start unless it detects clean, sober breath? We have a technology right now. People get charged with DUIs and have to have these things fitted. So why not everyone? Why would it matter? Surely if you are you're driving sober, what would just puffing into a little device and then pressing the start button, you know, a less than two second uh, maneuver, that would mean that you were driving safely. If you get into a car and you are not sober and the car will not start, then surely, logically, 
drunk driving would decrease radically overnight. And imagine how it would affect our drinking culture if we had to face the phone call in the morning to the boss to say, oh, sorry, we're waiting for a taxi because the car wouldn't start. Imagine how many people would just stop drinking during the week saying, oh, I've got to drive tomorrow or later on. I don't want to take the chance. I don't want to be late tomorrow. Don't you think that over time, drinking would become so much more socially unacceptable, just like smoking has become? Will it ever happen? No, I can see, I can hear and feel thousands of people talking about civil liberties and freedoms and, you know, people being responsible for themselves and accountable for their actions. And I agree with all of that. We don't want to live in a dictator state. But normal, sober, responsible people follow the law. But once you've had a drink, by the very definition, once you've put a drug inside of your body, you're not thinking like a sober, responsible, law-abiding person. You're thinking like a drugged person. And drugged people don't do logical things. So why do we have laws that we know logical, rational, non-drugged people will follow to try and stop all the drugged people from committing crimes? It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, what I know that the alcohol industry would just be absolutely horrified. And I know that it would take some brave politicians who are not in the pockets of the alcohol industry to change it. But I think it's food for thought, and we've got to start somewhere. So that's my little rant over for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.